Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian. Now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Ladarius Madison, a registered dietitian who always had a passion for the sciences and healthcare but had some ups and downs with chemistry classes. I think we all probably know that feeling. While he was deciding between pharmacy, OT, and other health sciences, he found public health and dietetics along the way, and everything started to make sense. He is currently working as an outpatient dietitian for the VA and is getting his doctorate in public health. Please enjoy my conversation with Ladarius. I am thrilled to chat with you today on the podcast. I know you said you just had a long work day, so I appreciate you spending your evening with me. And I would love for you to take me back to when you kind of thought about nutrition as a field that you were kind of passionate about and wanted to be when you grew up. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know if I necessarily ever really thought about it, but it kind of fell in my lap. Um, (laughs) You know, I started out as a biomedical sciences pre-pharmacy major when I first went to college in 2006. So um, I studied that for two years, actually, and sort of realized that chemistry just wasn't the thing for me, um, especially like organic chemistry. I just, mm. it. it was putting <laughs> on me like no other, like, <laughs> so I kept having this sort of up and down Um, one semester, my grades would be really good. The next semester, my grades would be okay. One semester, they'd be good, and then they'd be okay. But every time they were okay, um, it was because of chemistry. So in 2008, I started just kind of looking in the summer to just see um, just what other options might have been out there for me. And I actually thought about going to PT school, and then I thought about dentistry school I thought about OT at one point and then I remember talking to my advisor and I was saying hey you know I'm not really sure if this is the thing for me the sciences are not the the chemistries are not really getting easier for me as I'm moving through them and I'm just concerned about you know continuing on this path so that summer she said well why don't you just take you know a couple courses intro courses to see what you think so that you can get, you know, an idea and it, it and it'll help raise that GPA back up from because this, sure. this was coming after one of those semesters where the grades were okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I took intro to nutrition and literally in the summer of 2008 and I fell in love. And the thing was, still didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I honestly thought I was going to study nutrition and still end up going to either pharmacy school or some other avenue of healthcare. And um the rest of it just kind of fell in place, you know. It made so much more sense than the regular chemistries did, even though it's very rooted in science as well. It really just, I think because I could actually see what was happening, you know, when people sure. experience these different things. And so, whereas with the, the abstract sciences, I couldn't really see those things happening. So, yeah. And, yeah, and after that, the rest of it is history. Was history. Where did you do your undergrad at? 
So yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I didn't say that. Um, I did under <laughs> I did undergrad at Auburn University in Alabama. Um, War Eagle, you know, for all of the people who are football fans, SEC football <laughs> fans. But um, I did undergrad there, and then um, I left Auburn and moved to Nashville and did my master's in public health at uh, Tennessee State University. Oh wow! So you have your master's as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for you. So you did undergrad. So you ended up majoring in dietetics then in your undergrad? Yes, I switched my okay. major from biomedical sciences pre-pharmacy to nutrition dietetics with a minor in public health. Nice. And then um, once I finished, because I had had that sort of up and down with my with my grades and GPA, I was a little nervous that I wouldn't get into an internship. So mm-hmm. I decided to go the master's route first, which led me to the MPH at Tennessee State University in Nashville. And then um, still wasn't really sure if I wanted to do the internship. Um, And then so I started working after finishing my master's. And then two years after working, I decided, oh, I might need to try to do this internship before if I really want to be an RD. So. Gotcha. That's interesting because I had spoke with another individual. I love that break in between the internship and school because I feel Mm -hmm. like it gives you a better idea of do I really want to do this do I not did you kind of feel that way too yeah 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 so I wasn't again I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because the two years that I worked with my master's I was in public health uh, with Georgia Department of Public Health Mm -hmm. and so of course working in public health nutrition without being an RD you're sort of I hate to use the term gridlock, but you're kind of gridlocked into only being able to do one or two things. And most of it is nutrition education stuff, which is fine, which I enjoy doing, but I wanted to do a little more. And without having the RD credential, it was very hard for me to do that because obviously I couldn't work in clinical because I wasn't an RD. Um, I couldn't do any of the RD jobs. So, you know, anything that said you needed to be an, even though I had a master's degree and a and a um, bachelor's degree in nutrition, I still couldn't do RD specific jobs. And so that was kind of the thing that sort of started leading me towards, "Mm, maybe I should look more into this. So where did you end up doing your internship then? So funny story is, of course, um, I started, I I was working and then I decided that I was going to apply to be, to get my doctorate degree in public health first. Oh, mm mm-hmm. So I started the doctoral program in public health and one of my classmates at the time was the director of the internship at Georgia Southern University. So I started my doctorate of public health at Georgia Southern as well. And we were classmates Mm. and we were just working on a project together one day and she said, she just randomly asked me, she said, you know, you have your master's and you have a degree in nutrition. Why haven't you gone on to do an internship? So I kind of went through that whole story with her again. And um, she said to me, she said, well, I think you should apply. And she said, um, I think you should apply in this cohort. And I said, well, I'm already in this program. I'm okay. Like, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm okay. Like, if I don't get in, I, I'm, I can wait until I'm done. And she said, well, just try it and see. And she said, if you don't get in for whatever reason, um, you're already in the PhD program. So just keep yeah. going that way and you won't really lose anything. Well, I applied thinking that I wasn't going to get in and got accepted to the dietetic internship. So for <laughs> so for that whole year of being a dietetic intern, which for me would have been 
16 to 17, 2016 to 17, mm-hmm. I was literally in two programs at the same time. So I was a doctoral pro student and a dietetic intern running concurrently at the same time. So you can imagine. What? Yes. <laughs> Holy moly. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine the level of stress that I was Oh under. my gosh. Latarius, how did you do that? Well, I just, I only, I dropped my, I went down from full-time status as a doctoral student and only took like one class, two classes, um, kind of like the easier things, but because I was at a place where I could kind of work on my electives or whatever I needed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then the internship was obviously full-time, so I just, and they were at the same school, so it was kind of, sure. it was kind of easy because I wasn't working anymore, but it was definitely demanding because the programs required different levels of attention. One was very hands-on and one was very theory-based. And so a lot of studying and reading at the same time, for sure. Oh my gosh. You are, I have a whole new respect for you. That's insane. (laughs) Not that I didn't respect you before, but wow, like that's next level like intern media. I I wouldn't recommend it for sure. I definitely don't know how I did it. But But now you're on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were definitely some good things that came out of it for sure. Um, Which kind of led me to where I am now, honestly, like the public health piece of it, even with the practicality of the, the internship, the public health piece kept reiterating or I kept having this urge to sort of be in the community and doing things in the community. But I was like, yeah, but I don't want to do, I don't want to be like a, just like a public health dietitian, so to speak. You know, I want to do a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I kept saying like, how can I do that? How can I still do nutrition, still be really focused on healthcare or in healthcare and then integrate public health in it, but still, but still kind of pave my own way. And then this whole notion of just, food justice and food insecurity and food affordability and all those things just kept coming up. And then I realized that that was the space that I really, really enjoyed being in. So, you know, taking the pub, the nutrition and public health training and marrying them together in a clinical setting really helps me to be able to do that because when providers are making recommendations or prescribing these, these medications or different things to some of the patients, you know, I was always there to kind of advocate a little further um, or a little more than maybe say a social worker or maybe say, you know, a case manager and say, hey, during my nutrition assessment, I realized that this patient lives in this community and she lives 20 minutes away from a grocery store. And Mm -hmm. so I'm concerned that not only will she not be able to follow this prescription and recommendation, but she also doesn't even have access to food that will kind of complement what the medicine should be doing. And so that started a whole different conversation for us inside of, you know, in, in, in clinical rounds or in care plan meetings and different things like that. So that has been my space now. I think that's such a great, I mean, like when you think about being in the hospital, like a patient and they do recommend like, Hey, this patient needs to do did this. You need to eat this. But then you're like, Oh wait, they don't have the resources they need. And I did clinical for seven years. Never once did that cross my mind. So I mm-hmm. love that you have like taken clinical to the next level. Mm-hmm. I do that every time I, any, any, most of the time, you know, and if I feel some, sometimes I feel bad because 
because I'm the way I'm trained with the public health nutrition or with the public health and a nutrition background, like I feel like I'm always looking for that one spot for one that one area that the patient is not talking about that much. And then I just go to digging and digging and then I find out. Mm. So I can perfect example of like today, um, I was talking to one of the veterans because you know I'm at the VA now, but yes. Um, and he was just talking about um all these things that are going on with him. And he kept saying that, you know, he is wheelchair bound. Um, he needs to have a hip replacement. He's very, very overweight, but his wife usually is the one who cooks for him. And um, he kept saying, you know, he's like, I failed. I failed back in January and I've been depressed ever since. And he was like, you know, and my wife's health is declining. And I said, really? So I said, tell me a little bit about what's going on with your wife. And he was like, well, he didn't really go into details, but what he said was, She's not able to cook for me as much as she used to. And so now we're relying on, you know, she's like, the, he said, the church people bring us food and some different and mm. some comes over and she brings food. So for me, the first thing I thought was, oh, I need to refer him to social work so, or the case manager so that we can see what type of other resources that they may be eligible for to get some nutrient dense meals out there to them because he just eating whatever right now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so that's just an example of how that works. And by the time I got off with him, I literally walked next door and said, hey, I got somebody I think I want you to I want to refer to you. And she said, yeah, do the referral. And she was like, and I'll get right on it. And she definitely did. So um, but we trying to get them set up with like Meals on Wheels and then trying to get like a, um, some mobile services out there. Um, Atlanta Food Bank is doing some different things where they'll do like some car deliveries and different things like that. But just so mm. they don't have. Again, nutrient-dense options versus just things that are just high in calories. So, but yeah. I think that's so neat because you, I feel like, don't you feel like food is like super personal to people? And when you start talking to them about it, you just learn so many more layers about them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think that's the thing that I enjoy most about it because, again, I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I really just didn't know what space. And mm-hmm. so thinking about you know, being a doctor or being a pharmacist or being a dentist and all those things, the thing that sort of I was I was very unsure about that went away when I started doing nutrition and public health was just having a deal, you know, having to treat just one person at a time. And I like I wanted to have much more of a larger impact. So, you know, so anytime I get to do um nutrition classes with the VA or, you know, anything that'll uh, give me a large, sometimes I can have 50 people in a class. Sometimes I can have 30, sometimes it's 12, but it's still different from me just seeing one person and saying, Hey, so I know your blood sugars are running a little high. This is what I need you to do. So now rather than just sending out that one person and having them try to manage this by themselves, I can impact 50 people at one time, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, and increase their self-efficacy and being able to do things like that. So, yeah. It sounds like, so how did you maybe kind of, so when you got done with your, your, did you finish your doctorate then? Correct. No. So no, I'm currently currently (laughs) writing my dissertation. I got to a point where I just, I was so tired. And um, so I got to where I just needed to take a mental break and my mental break just turned into 
about a year, year and a half. And so, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm in the dissertation phase now. Um, I'm writing my dissertation on um, barriers to accessing healthy food options experienced by veterans. So it kind of goes right along with what I'm interested in in the population that I work for. So, um, but well, that's cool. That's like perfect. Yeah, it fits like perfectly with it, with with my you know my life plan and everything. <laughs> so, but um, once I finished the internship, I actually took another job as a clinical dietitian for about uh, six seven months or so um, at this small rural hospital in South Georgia, and then um, a position came available for this place called the Georgia War Veterans Home. And it's a 250-bed um, long uh, skilled nursing facility that only houses war veterans. And I've specifically applied for that position because I knew ultimately my goal was to get into the VA. So I said, well, hmm, if I have direct patient care or direct care with VA with veterans, this should help me in some way. But, mm-hmm. you know, and so I ended up taking that, working there, leaving the clinical position and going to work for Georgia War um, as their director of food and nutrition services for about two years, two and a half. Two mm. mm-hmm. How was that? That sounds like an intense job too. It was so Jerry's or, or long-term care is a little different. Of course. Um, I actually liked it better than I did more than I did clinical for sure, because they live there. You got to really kind of learn them, learn the families and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, Probably the most challenging job I had because, again, it was 250 beds, three buildings. And then I also was the like I was so I was the clinical dietitian because as a director of food and nutrition services, you had to have be a clinical dietitian on one end, but also be the business person for food and nutrition services. So I was over three kitchens. Um, I had a staff of 30 people working under me. And so all of like purchasing, ordering menus, all of that. So those two roles didn't really overlap. And so it was a lot of, I think the most stressful thing was having to be in care plans and be a clinical dietitian in the morning and then having to be, a food service dietitian in the afternoons. And that was very hard for me to juggle just because they didn't, there was never a point in time where I could do both jobs in one setting. I always had to say, all right, I'm boss man. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm director (laughs) now. And then in the morning I had to be a part of the interdisciplinary care team. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, that would be hard to wear both of those hats. so, So where does your passion come for veterans? Ooh, um, I really think it just kind of, it slowly developed because, so I come from a military family. My father's in the military, um, or retired veteran now, um, army. My uncles are, are retired as well. And so I think just kind of seeing, cause the VA is is huge. It is the largest yeah. healthcare system there is in this particular, in our country. And so it's, 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 it's amazing the things that we have and the resources that we have available to us. The problem with the VA, I love it, but it's very antiquated and they have not progressed with the times. And so watching my father and my uncle sort of just the challenges with trying to get the bare necessities that they needed from them. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, there has, there, every VA can't be like this. Every you know, everybody you talk to cannot be like this. And so 
Um, and then I worked at the veterans home. So then after seeing the veterans and spending two years with them and then thinking about at some point, my parent, my father and my uncles would be, you know, yeah. on up in age. And I don't want them to have to kind of deal with some of these same things. And I was like, you know, I need to I want to work in, the, in that in that particular system. Um, and so I just kind of started watching the jobs. It, it took a very, very long time to get into the system, but I just watched them and watched them and watched them. And my you found um, it. Yeah, I finally got in. It was a long time. I will tell you, I got hired. My initial hire date was October 2019. And then, um, of course, we went into 2020. Um, and COVID came, mm-hmm. and so I got delayed, and then, so I didn't actually start at the VA until December 20th, 2021, so that was a whole, almost, oh, was, wow, yes, yeah, yeah, so. That's intense, but the, good for you for being, like, you kept at it, and you kept going, and I love that you're in that space that you really want to help, you want to be a part of helping the system advance. Exactly, yes, yeah. So with your role at the VA, so you said like you teach classes, so maybe kind of share with me a day in the life of you. I'm sure you probably wear lots of hats at the VA, but share with me what that looks like. So I'm a part of the outpatient team. So I'm a part of what we call the PAC team, which is outpatient. Um, And I'm a PAC dietitian, which is an outpatient dietitian. At the VA, they have all these acronyms or just in the government in general. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I'm a part of the PAC team, so it's myself and about 18 other dietitians on the PAC team, and we're kind of, we have, and we're spaced out throughout the city of Atlanta and, and, and other areas, so, um, and we're in what they call the C-Box, which is the community-based outpatient clinics, um, and so I'm at a CBOC, which is a little north of the city, and then somebody else is in one south and so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. so as an outpatient dietitian, what I do now is I'm, I see uh, veterans who are regionally closer to me, um, geographically closer to me. And most of what I do is nutrition education. So it's some, most of it is individual, but then there are also courses. And so, um, I can see anywhere from, I've had, um, people with Crohn's disease. I've had veterans come in. Most of it is diabetes and hypertension. Those are the two things that I probably deal with the most in high cholesterol, Mm -hmm. but Outside of those, I've had Crohn's. I've had um, some of its weight loss. I've had some chronic diseases, a couple of cancers and different things like that. So those are usually like individual appointments. And so Monday, when, well, I'm, I have appointments every day, but Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the days that I do what they call VVC. And VVC is VA Video Connect, which is our internal version of Zoom. And Mm. we see, we're not seeing people in clinic right now. So I see um, my in-person people via VVC on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, as well as on telephone. So I do that all on those three days. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do just telephone clinics where I just call and we kind of have our assessments and do things over the phone. On Thursdays, I do... Or I will be doing um, Thursday will be designated solely as my um, 
group classes. And so when I do group classes, there will be a group class for diabetes and there will also be a group, a group class for um, hyperlipidemia and then a group class for the MOVE program. And the MOVE program is our um, internal weight management program. So it kind of encompasses all of those things about healthy eating, physical activity, um, portion control, and it's broken up into a couple of like modules and sections and people kind of sign up for those and kind of go through it as a cohort. Mm hmm. Wow, you have, <laughs> well, it's awesome that you get such variety too. Like you have some similar stuff, but you also are open to lots of different variety. And you see, you must be like back-to-back patients throughout the day pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, so I normally start at, um, the clinic opens at 7.30. We call it tours. My tour starts at 8, um, meaning that's, you know, what time I report to work. And it's from 8 to 4.30. And I see, I usually will have a 9, a 10, 11. I usually don't have a one and then I, I mean, I, I don't have a 12 because that's not lunchtime. And then I usually have a one, a two and a three. So at the very minimum, I could see if I'm seeing, see, and this is VVC or on the phone. So I can talk to about anywhere between five and six people a day. Um, wow. And then on Thursdays when I do group, the whole morning is blocked off for classes and the classes are usually either they're going to be one hour or 90 minutes. And so, they usually start at like 9 to 10.30 or 11 to, you know, 12.30, so so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang, you're busy. So you, <laughs> you see a lot of, so do you feel like in the VA system, is, are, are, you know, your, like your patients very receptive to nutrition and dietetic services? Yeah. Um, interesting enough, I think they we run into the same challenges that we run into outside of the VA, like in other, like in just regular private practice. So people wanting to speak to the dietitian and wanting to utilize the services of the dietitian, but not really knowing what those will encompass. So most people think it's, you know, hey, I need you to, can you give me a meal plan so I can Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do I need to, do to lose weight? Like, and now get that if, if, you know, I get some people say, well, you know, especially a couple of my um, female veterans will ask, you know, is there like a supplement you can give me that, you know? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, that's not really how it works, but, you know, yes. so yeah. Very similar to, I mean, I, you know, I just wonder because, like you said, you know, when it comes to the VA and how, progressive they are like do you feel like the nutrition component do you feel like they're pretty progressive that way knowing what you know where you came from I do think that nutrition the nutrition department at least for us at least in the Atlanta VA healthcare system I think um we have a very progressive nutrition department we have some wonderful leadership we have a lot of resources and some very talented people who have worked with us for a, a long time um I think the I think that because our department is so it has been so forward thinking and progressive, sometimes the entire system doesn't really know what to do with us because we have so yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like, well, yeah, hold on, we got to figure out where this fits within the realm of what we can do because you know everything in the government is it's always somebody else needs to do this before you can do this. And somebody has to do that before they can do that. And it's all this red tape stuff and whether, you know, mm-hmm. um, we just be ready to go. It's like, Oh, we got a new video we want to put out. We'd already done recorded it. How can we drop this, you know, and, and play it on the big. Yeah. And <laughs> they're like, like, no, no, just no, no, wait. no, no. You have to apply <laughs> to do that. I'm like, you got to apply to put a video out, you know, you know, so just yeah. like that. But yeah. 
That's so cool. Well, I so so like for the future, for Ladarius's future, are you thinking like this is where you want to be? Have you found your place and you want to keep advancing in the system? Or what does that look yeah. like? So um ultimately, yes, I do think I want to stay in the system. Um I don't know if I'm necessarily and this this is just me just kind of speaking off the top of my head here and what I see for myself in the in in the profession. I don't necessarily know if I will stay a outpatient dietitian at mm-hmm. the you know for 17 years. I don't yes. think that at all, but I do think I'll stay in the system. What I'm hoping to do is to still at some point transition more so into the public health side of things and not just focus on nutrition, but all areas of public health that people are lacking. So, you know, because in public health, we learn about all these different things. We learn about um, the social ecological model and how people's relationships with their environment and their family and how they feel about themselves, you know, and the workspace and policies and all these things and how all of those things together will influence whether or not a person chooses to or not to engage in something that's health related. So, you know, it could be nutrition or it could be uh, prostate cancer screening or it could be, Mm. you know, we have, you know, veterans suffering from um, PTSD, but not wanting to talk to mental health services because of, you know, the connotation associated with it. Mm -hmm. So I want to be I would hopefully get to a space where I can sort of use my both my trainings, you know, but more so along the line of just advancing the system together, but and creating spaces and services that people are willingly and excited about taking a party or taking or participating in. So if that makes sense at all. Yes. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Otherwise you wouldn't keep doing your doctorate, right? Like, right. You'd, right. You'd be yeah. like, I'll just not do that now. <laughs> Cause yeah. it always seems like you have that draw to that public health side. So it's great that you're thinking, you know, someday I want to kind of advance myself I want to do that and I think like public health is you know nutrition is a small component there's so much more to public health so it feels like you would get so much more out of your career by by leaning into that a little bit more too yeah yeah that's exciting yeah um I think the thing about nutrition for me it has kept me it has definitely kept me sort of in the spotlight so to speak because you know there's all there's there are a lot of people who talk about nutrition but there's not a lot of people who talk about it in the ways in which I do um and when I say that it's you know I do believe uh, my philosophy is all about a balanced diet and healthy eating and all those different things but there are not a whole lot of people who are focusing focusing on the things that I just said, the public health, the social ecological mm-hmm. model and how that influences nutrition, um, you know. And so when I get an opportunity to to have those types of conversations, it people start to say, well, hmm, what else are you doing? Or, mm-hmm. you know, or how did you get into that? Or, oh, I think somebody I want to meet you. I want to introduce you to so and so, you know, um, and I just and it, 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 it has worked for me. And I just, you know, so I don't think I'll ever totally stray away from nutrition because it's always a conversational conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, it, like you said, some, I think at some point I will sort of lean more into or push more into just public health in general um, because nutrition will fit into that still. 
For sure. And I know that I, like for me, I'm sure a lot of other dietitians would speak the same. Like we just don't know enough about that public health component. And so me learning from you is such a value because that helps me be a better dietitian and think thing, think of things in a different way too, that I don't have an expertise, but I know someone mm-hmm. Darius, that could maybe help, <laughs> you know, like you said, like making those connections. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because when I, you know, I did do, you know, I worked as a dietetic internship coordinator for a little bit uh, for about a year. Uh And then um, I was also the interim director when our director had left um, before, you know, for a little while. And so it's interesting that you say that because I always, always fused public health into my courses that I taught um, or the classes that I teach, like always and Every time, every cohort, I would always get a group of students to say, you know, I've never even thought about public health. Maybe I should get my master's in it. I'm like, you mm. should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> well, if you ever start teaching classes online, let me know because I would totally attend them because yeah. that's a place that I would definitely love to learn more about. Yeah, yeah. In your free time, Ladarius, when you have, Look. you know, all that free time you got. <laughs> oh, God, because I don't have any right now, right? Right. You, when I finally get to the place where I won't have anything else to do except for work and come home, I really don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I look forward to it because I have not had that. Yeah. But when I tell you, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. So. <laughs> well, maybe you'll take a little bit of break and, like, lean into just being quiet for a while. And then you can, like, bounce back and be like, all right, now I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really, I think so. I look forward to, I mean, you know, I do, I look forward to not having anything to do, honestly. Just yeah. come home and like, yeah. So when the people say, Ladarius, where are you? I'm like, child, I'll be at, I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching TV or I'm listening mm-hmm. to music or I'm listening reading a book. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm dancing oh. in my kitchen, making dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is It is nice. It is lovely. Well, I can't wait for you to have that too, but you'll have to let me know when you finish your doctorate and all that fun stuff. Oh, trust me. You'll know. You'll okay, see. Okay, good. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be plastered all over my social media. For sure. <laughs> good. 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 All right. Well, you answered all my easy questions. Are you ready for my hard questions? Oh, hard questions. Yes. Yes. Okay. Share with me the foods that you enjoy. Oh, the foods that I enjoy. That's easy. That's not a hard question for me because okay. I have a very, very picky eater. Very picky. <laughs> um, and I have a very limited palate, so I don't really eat a whole lot of things. But I love, love, love anything Asian cuisine. So I love rice and 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 um hibachi style chicken and i love the soups and all that so anytime i'm picking a place for us to go eat if it's a group of us it's definitely gonna be something like that for sure yeah that's a good do you make it at home no 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 it's a dine out thing it's a dine out thing (laughs) ironically (laughs) enough that's my least favorite thing so i'm a i'm a dietitian who does not like to cook (laughs) (laughs) me either i'm with you on that (laughs) yeah yeah what about beverages that you enjoy? Well, beverages. Um, hmm, I usually choose to go with my, my drink of choice throughout the day. Most days is water, of course. Um, if I'm if I'm indulging after a long work week or a long work day, um, I like to have um, this drink or beverage called the lychee martini. Ooh. Um, and it's 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 at one of my favorite restaurants here in Atlanta called Pork Calvin's. Um and I can't even tell you what's in it, but I can tell you it's I can delicious. T- <laughs> it's delicious. It tastes amazing. Um 
has like a little lavender aftertaste to it and Ooh. it has just, just a little bit of a kick to it and it has this they they lace the top with these with with fresh um lychees or oh. which is yeah and it's just they put this little toothpick in it and dip it in the drinking so it has a little of the oh it just tastes amazing oh my what's where's what's your favorite restaurant what's it's it called, called poor calvin's poor okay. like mm-hmm. i go there uh, oh god yes oh my god it's so good. <laughs> okay i'm putting this in my when i travel to atlanta notes that i need to go there and have a Please, martini i will go with you <laughs> i'll you let you know oh my god you would love it and the food is amazing too because oh it's good a, it's a fusion restaurant between oh. Asian and Southern cuisine. <gasps> Yum. Now that's fun. Yes. And then Ooh. they put a they put a Caribbean twist on the spices. So it's Oh my it's, gosh. It's so good. It sounds delightful. <laughs> yes. It's divine. It's divine. <laughs> uh, what scents or smells do you enjoy? So scents or smells. Um hmm. I love I love sort of the smell of vanilla, vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite scents that I like to put in the home is like the fresh linen smell. Oh, yes, I so just clean. love that. Yes, I love that very clean and fresh smell. Um, what else do I like? The smell of lychee martinis. <laughs> I do love the smell of lychee martinis. <laughs> so a little lavender. So I do love the smell of yeah. lychee martinis. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's fun. Uh, what's something about you that no one knows or not many people know? Yeah, that's another easy one. Um, a lot of people would not believe or do not know that I am very, very shy. I am extremely shy. Um and you won't be able to tell from my interactions, but it takes a lot for me to conjure up the nerve and energy to speak, um, to speak publicly, um, mm. to put myself in front of people. Like I have to really coach myself um, or I have to call my mom or my father and get some affirmation in my mom. Her She's like, you do this all the time. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> You know, my dad is just like, well, just talk about what you talked about the last time. They're not going to know the difference. I'm like, not the same questions. What are you talking about? Do you, once you get into it, though, are you pretty like, do you feel pretty comfortable? It's just getting started. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's really just getting started. It's just getting started. That makes sense. At some, and then there'll be at some point where, you know, you'll just be like, okay, I got this. And it'll be like, yeah. oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> I've been wondering when that would come because I'm telling you, like, you know, I have done, I mean, I, I teach. And so I'm always in front of people. You know, I'm on mm-hmm. games. So, you know, I do Georgia Academy of Nutrition Dietetics. And so I'm oh, on the board. Yeah. And then, so I'm always doing stuff that requires me to be in front of people and I, I don't, you know, and people be asking me questions and I respond and I smile and I, I give my thoughtful answers. And then, in the end, but the whole time in my head, I'm like, oh my God, Ladarius, you're, uh, what are you talking about? You know? No, what, you probably get exhausted then at the end of the day. You're best by right. You're even more exhausted. Yeah. 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 Most of it is me running around in my head talking about yes. how to screw something up and everybody <laughs> Like, you are fine. You are great. Like, <laughs> well, no. it's good that you have a good support system with your mom and dad. That's awesome. Yes, yes. Very yes. I'm good. A, you know, I'm, a, I'm an only child, so, oh. you know, yeah. 
baby, the baby gets the attention for sure. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and what brings you joy in life? Oh, what brings me joy? So, well, of course, spending time with my family. Um, because my parents are getting older. Um, and again, like I said, I'm the only child. And mm-hmm. definitely spending time with my friends. I mean, anybody who follows me or knows me on social media thinks sometimes people, I get messages all the time. And people will say, you know, your friends, y'all always doing so many different mm-hmm. travel a lot. And it's just, it's just really refreshing um, and joyful when you've had so many challenges, you know. Um whether they be professional challenges, personal challenges, or, you know, whatever, financial strikes, whatever, whatever things, because, you know, we all go through things. But when you have people who can kind of understand that, but still make you feel like you have done just amazing, even in spite of, and, and they're right. Sometimes we just need to be reaffirmed and reassured. Um, and it's 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 good, and I I love that about my friends. What they do, you know, we have they 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 are accountability partners. My pa- my parents too, but my friends more than my parents because, you know, we met each other in college and and stuff like that. And so my friends will call and say, "Hey, you haven't said anything about this dissertation in a while. Like, what's going on? Where we at?" <laughs> so. You know, and it, it's almost like they're holding up a mirror to you because you can't lie to them because, of course, so many of them are PhD trained already, too. So they know the process. And it's like, OK, now I, I <laughs> get on it. <laughs> basically, you know, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Oh, it sounds like you have such a great network of people. Oh, yeah. I love them to death. I, I don't think I, I, even though I'm an only child, it doesn't seem like I'm an only child. When I tell you my brothers and sisters who my mom has adopted because I'm always <laughs> taking people home and stuff like that it's just child if you were to see the line (laughs) (laughs) they probably love it though they probably love all your friends and people that come with you yeah my mom she thinks they're her friends she be asking about (laughs) so when she calls me she'll ask about everybody else and then she'll say and how you doing I'm like (laughs) hey Hey, that's hilarious. We, we need to do this the other way, you know. Let's reverse this conversation, mom. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for being my joy this evening. It was so good to like get to learn about you and your journey so far. And thanks for all you're doing for our profession. No, thank you for having me. I know, like I said, I know we've been trying to do this for a while, and so and and so I definitely was excited to do it. Nervous, but still excited. First of all, I think, you know, when you think about dietetics as a profession, we always jump from one thing to another. And I love that he decided to take a couple years off in between to really figure out if he wanted to do the RD component and then had a chance to realize, yes, it would be a compliment to my master's in public health. It would enable him to do more things with his career. And now I think it's so exciting to see how he's marrying public health and dietetics and is looking forward to the future of how he can expand both of those. I think that lends a lot to just him as a person. I think he's crazy at multitasking to be able to do all those things. And I'm really excited for him to become Dr. Madison. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.